It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Joe's Karting on Facebook. For more information and details on all the ins and outs. Big thanks to Joe's Karting for continuing to support local dirt racing and the front stretch speaking of local dirt racing joining us on the show now one of the guys behind the scenes at shelby county speedway and we're going to be talking track championship and the tiny lund for 2021 bob simon joining us welcome back on the show bob hey good afternoon gentlemen how we doing another day uh lost another dollar (laughs) (laughs) i work at AT at&t so i can concur oh good land at least you got a cute spokesperson have you seen her outside of the TV? Yeah. I have. Oh, she's cute. Okay. Okay. I'll believe. Who eats I'll believe. the I guess. <laughs> That's oh, what I'm Bob said there. Right, Bob, let's get into uh, the season at Shelby County Speedway. Kind of give us a rough overview. I, I know you guys had to dodge some odd bullets and um, obstacles with a little bit of a water issue. We did. We did. Uh, of course, if, if you're not familiar, we, we did have a uh, water ban put into place and that kind of concerned us a little bit, you know, not knowing what we're going to do. Cause obviously you got to have water to get a dirt track. Um, otherwise you're gonna have a big mess, but luckily the DNR worked with us and uh, we were able to set up a pump and pump out of the river. So um, that actually, and I told Doug this, that, that actually saved him a lot of money by doing that because you're not, you're not paying for hundreds of thousands of gallons of water a, a year. Mm-hmm. So we were able to pump out of the river and uh, Tim Plowman and the crew have done an absolute, outstanding job i'm just gonna say tim plowman because he really hadn't had much help this year but uh tim plowman's had a consistently smooth and fast track week in week out we've had two nights out of the whole season where we had to deal with a little bit of dust other than that it's been an absolute stellar track every week now did tim come down and start helping out during the tiny lund last year or just prior to yes he did prior to the time last year he kicked in him and Uh, the hops right what's that him and the hops kind of teamed up and and whipped that track into shape for the tiny lund they, they kind of provided more of the equipment okay and he kind of did the did the work um of course gary's got his own business to worry about so he didn't have time to do it but uh big thanks to gary hop and the family for letting us use road graders and stuff for the year but um we're, we're really grateful for those guys and they've had a great surface all year long all right so you got over the water issues let's talk about your track championships uh as i pull you up on my race pass and the first championship just absolutely warms my heart uh, looking at your uh, your uh, late model champion, it gives me chills when you mention it, Dan. It really does. Um, yeah. That that is probably the best story in dirt track racing in the area. I, I don't think you can find a story that's really going to trump that, given the circumstances. Um, he's continuing to fight, um, but that that was a whole nother whole nother deal in that feature. Um, they started near each other. Uh, at one point, uh, Brandon got into a wreck. We had to go to pit road. Um, they went back to green thinking he was going to lose a lap, which would have threw his championship chances away mm-hmm. at turn two, right after the green flag, two cars got together, which immediately caused a yellow saving him from going a lap down. <laughs> so when they relined him up, he was right. He was at the tail end. Well, what happened is AJ Jurgensen, I believe it was one of the 50 of them. He was battling the points. <laughs> championship for, um, was actually involved in their incident in turn two. Mm. So he had to come in and get a little fender work done on his car. And uh, so they ended up the last two cars at the tail end. So they kind of switched. They kind of uh, 
altered the points a little bit throughout the feature, but when it come down to it, they finished, uh, he finished just ahead of, of AJ and got himself a track championship. I know some people were a little iffy about it, but means he didn't go down a lap. He never lost the points lead. So yep. that is the most Cinderella story. And I'm glad it happened because he missed it just by barely two points or three points last year. Yeah, it was an electrical issue that ended up losing the championship for him last year to Todd Bell. Yep, yep. And he um, he actually, the reason he went on the pit road is, is his brakes exploded. And so while we were under caution for that, he picked up the pace to go around the track and tried to put the fire out so he wouldn't have to stop. Mm-hmm. And he told us after the race, he goes, I had no feeling in my legs and I was riding my brakes the whole time and didn't even know. <laughs> Jesus. Because he said, feeling in my legs he said i didn't know what was going on he said i was just out there wheeling that car brandon saltzman driving the number 98 out of bellevue we've talked to him a couple of times on the show those of you who may not remember brandon had a uh aggressive brain tumor and rare brain tumor that um i talked to him in the pits after the world of outlaws race at i80 speedway is when i caught up with him and we had a nice conversation and he he ran me through what happened and he said, I just, after the races were over with, I still thought I lost it. I couldn't believe I won that championship. Absolutely. And, and we have been, we have been told that he will not be racing the tiny land with us this year. Mm. Uh, his health is just not going to allow him. Yeah. But a three point advantage, uh, three point difference over the, the brothers Jorgensen, AJ and Robbie tied for second. Uh, I would assume that AJ maybe got a win on the year and that's what was the tiebreaker for him. I believe so. Yeah. The 47 got a couple yeah. wins that- those yep. guys, everyone, AJ and Robbie have really been coming on strong and, and Jake finished back in seventh, but that's uh, all three of those boys are, are tough contenders in the uh, late model class. Uh, uh, when I get to watch them at I-80 Speedway. Week in, week out, week mm-hmm. in, week out, right up there in the top five, top seven. And then, and I know that's a weird one to say, but it, that's where they're at. You know, they're in the top seven about every week and they're not, they're not, it's not that they're bad drivers, but they have vastly improved over last year and they were good last year. So they're just getting better and better every year. Um, I look forward to, and here's my prediction. It comes down to them next year yeah. at the Speedway. Talk about your sport compact class. Good to see this young man back. I don't know actually you know, if he's young man, uh, if I can call him that. He might be older than me, but um, picking up a track championship out of Dunlap. Oh, Kane, the man of Ballberg. Yeah, yep. he, um, he was actually national points for a while. I haven't checked the national points in a while, but um, he picked up a track championship at two or three other track, two other tracks, I believe it was, um, consistent in and out. Um, his brother Shannon had a, uh, fell off a grain bin and got hurt mm. and the car was having issues. So Shannon put him in his car, which just made him about 10 times faster. And <laughs> he, he was consistent in and out. I mean, it didn't matter if he started in the back or, or where at, he was always finishing up at the top three or four. So, yep. He's glad to see he picked up a, a track championship. Two wins on the year for the, uh, 24 M of, uh, Kane Malberg and he got it by a 10 point advantage over Trent Reed. Um, anybody you were, uh, you were given kind of an attaboy to in maybe in the Bragganite class or excuse me, in the late model class and in the sport compacts, we kind of breezed over that. Um, the sport compacts, I got to give an attaboy to my, to my nephew, step nephew, I guess it is. His mom was married, was married to my dad, uh, Braxton Wallace mm. uh, last year, getting in the car for the first time. Um, he got initiated pretty, pretty good last year. He came out of turn two and getting ready to go into two and the steering wheel came off and he went into the guardrail, uh, went about the steering column and everything. So it, he was old for a little while, but um, picking up two big wins at Stewart and then picking up a couple win, a win down at Adams County Speedway. So I got to give an attaboy to him. And then of course, Brian Saltzman mm. has got to be 
way there in the late models. I mean, they're just, there's nothing else you can compare to that. Yeah. Kale Kaziski overdid a lot of, a lot of mechanical issues for the year. He's had a lot of mechanical issues all season. He came out and just wiped the dust off of them. Uh, Champion night in Harlem. Picked up, uh, was that the night he picked up his win or did he have another one earlier? Yeah, he had a couple wins on the year. He might have had one earlier in the year. You're right. But he, he, he'd been battling a lot of mechanical issues, a lot of good yeah. car. But that Saturday night, championship night, there was no issues with that car. It that, was moving. That young man has definitely shown me that he he deserves to have that last name and, and that it runs in the family. He's He is a talented driver. He's just working through some of those um, gremlins, I guess, uh, that kind of plague a lot of these drivers. Every one of them. Every one of them deserves that title. They're, they're all good drivers, very competitive drivers, and uh, their sportsmanship is second to none. Uh, how about your hobby stocks? Uh, I'm not familiar with this young man, Zach Hemmingson out of uh, Marnie, Iowa. Marnie, he's uh, that kid has started on a really low budget. Um, he might have a little bit bigger budget now, but um, there was that was a good race throughout the year. I don't have the points or anything in front of me. I'm trying to remember championship night, but oh, he needed to. He, him tied him, with, he tied with Jeff Fink on the for the points overall. Yeah, yeah. So he got a few more wins than he got a couple wins. I don't think two. Yeah, and Fink didn't have any. Uh, sorry, he got two more wins than Jeff Fink. Uh, Zach had three and Jeff had one. So, yeah, I, I, I got my tiny lens stuff up, pulled up. I didn't even look at the points, but um, that was an incredible. It, it, all he had to do was just finish ahead of him. Um, they were right next to each other all night long. And the same scenario with the stock cars when we get to it. But um, that was a, the hobby stocks put on a great show all year. And Zach Emickson was always up there and, and Fink was right behind him. So it was a good year for those guys. I'm glad to see. Um, Hemmingson come from pulling a car out of the weeds. It's eight, nine years old to get a newer car and finally get a track championship. He deserves it. Well, and that's got to be something to really hang your hat on. I mean, Jeff Fink's no slouch around that area. No, no. And then, you know, on some nights you had Fuzzy up there, Jason Fusselman, um, wheeling uh, uh, Willie Ransom's car. He got a couple wins. Um, you had uh, Alex Stapleton when he was able to make it. So, no, you you didn't have any slouches up there. You had fast cars in week in, week out. And I may be biased, but Harlan's got some of the fastest cars in the Midwest, in my opinion. Some of the best. Sport Mod Division, we like hearing this one. We're very familiar with this name. Uh, the 60 of Kevin Zeitner picked up the win and a uh, uh, convincing win, 36 points over Tim McCoy, uh, who finished second. I'm glad to see McCoy get up there. He's He's been struggling with his car the last couple of years, and he just got that new jet. I think it's a sobbing old car, um, but glad to see he's up there in second and yeah, Kevin, three out of four years, um, not a bad year, I would say. He had a few wins, and Corey Madden was up there stepping up with him quite a bit and giving him giving him a little bit of hard time. But uh, in the end, and that's one guy that's going to be that's going to be he's going to be a track champion in that class here coming up soon. But um, yeah, between him and Corey Madden, they put on a great show on championship night. And then another car that's up and coming in the sport mods and the '63 Razor is Mike Nichols. Um, him and Corey and, and uh, Kevin both had about a four-second advantage over Mike Nichols with, mm -hmm. I'll bet, 12 laps to go. And by the time the caution finally came out for the first time, I'll bet he had two seconds. I mean, he, he ran him down. Yeah. He ran down. And he really picked up a couple wins in that sport mod as well. So he's getting that sport mod figured out. And if he gets half as good as he is in that stock car, look out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, and is he because we haven't heard much from him about um, about the sport modified. We haven't really checked in much. We haven't been seeing much on it. But uh, how's he been doing with that? Good. 
good. He's only been running it in Denison and Harlan, as far as I know. That he might, I may be wrong. Um, that happens a lot. I'm wrong a lot. But um, <laughs> he he he. His original plans was to run for national points in both stock car and sport mod. So I don't know if that's his plan for 2022. Mm-hmm. This boys, look out right now because it's gonna, you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a hell of a driver on your hands. You're gonna have a hell of a competition on your hands too. All right, moving into your stock cars. Uh, good to see this one. Boy, as, you know, Dusty talked about it last year. He was so excited to finally get a win over Mike Nichols, and now he's got a track championship and kind of seems to be uh, uh, a man on fire lately. He is. He uh, he really kind of picked up his game a little bit about halfway through the season. and He came on strong. He was fast. That was that was Mike's kryptonite, I think, for, for the year was, was Dusty Van Horn. There was some yeah. – there's some good rivalries and there was definitely some bad rivalry there, but it came down to championship night. They both started uh, fourth row. I believe it was, there was only one point separating them and they both went to the front right away. Mike was running the bottom. Dusty Van Horn put that 33 VH on the high side and got around him. And Mike just, Mike tried to do everything he possibly could to even catch him. And he couldn't catch him that 33 VH fast. He's got that car figured out. So congratulations to uh, Dusty Van Horn and the 33 V picking up that uh, track championship. Not easy to get wins at any track that Mike Nichols runs in in a stock car, but to uh, steal a track championship away, man, that's uh, five wins on the year. Holy cow. If you, you know, if you go to a track, you know, Mike Nichols is running that and you see somebody else in first other than Mike Nichols, either a, he done blowed a tire or B you had your a game on that night because it's very rare that when Mike Nichols goes to a track that he loses. Right. All right, your final class, your modifieds. Uh, close battle there, and, and good to see this young man picking up the track championship. He picked up a couple track championships this year, both up at Park Jeff and Shelby County Speedway. Um, interesting uh, story on that is he came down to Harlan the week before championship night, ran his heat race, got on an airplane, flew up to Park Jefferson, and uh, ran the feature up there <laughs> and track championship in both places. Um, I don't know how happy IMCA was about that, but um, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, you're not Kyle Larson. I mean, let's, let's get real here, but yeah, um, it's good to see him finally. He's he's also been one of them that struggled over the years trying to get that car going to where he wants it to go, and now that car will go anywhere he wants it to go. But yeah, I'm really glad to see Kid Smooth Shane DeMay finally get a, a track championship in Harlem. Looking forward to uh, talking to all these guys down at, at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube in the next uh, couple of months as we get the track championship interviews lined up. Uh, let's turn the page just a little bit. And the big season finale at Shelby County Speedway is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yes, next week, actually. It's going to be the 20, 20, uh, 24th and 5th. Holy hell, it's the 15th already. We will be having a practice session this Saturday night from 6 to 9. So that way, you know don't normally run gets a chance to come up kind of test and tune their cars um we do have camping uh spots available at the fairgrounds 25 dollars reserve pit stalls it is going to be a raw draw redraw both nights um we're only running the modifieds on saturday night we're not doing two nights we're going to do the modifieds on friday night or saturday night two thousand dollars to win uh for your modifieds on saturday night so we're hoping that maybe that'll uh bring some extra cars in but we're really excited um we're hoping for a good car count this year. We've, we've kind of fancied the place up with some paint, made it kind of look a little bit better, but the track's been amazing. I know Tim's been down there working on it a few nights a week. We're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. We got a few extra classes coming in, so we're excited. 
All right. Uh, so that's the uh, tiny Lund. Anything going on outside of that? I know, you know, last year when I was down there, it was kind of a fun little, uh, there was breakfast, there was uh, all this different stuff going on. Well, the Friday night, and this is going to, this is going to, Dan's going to be in his car in the afternoon getting up here for this. Friday night, we're going to have a Mighty Mayhem playing in the pits as a pit party. Nice. The Buck Snort will be having their food trailer down there. I know you didn't. Did you get a turkey leg last year? Uh, okay. I, I did not get a turkey leg, but I did get to enjoy the breakfast. And that will also be there. That will Good. also be there Saturday. <laughs> um, but that they had a giant smoked, they slow smoked turkey legs all day. And then they serve them that Friday night in the pits with their, their trailer. Oh, you know what? I did get one because I was leaning up against the trailer, eating my, uh, uh, eating the turkey leg, and Mike Nichols wouldn't leave me alone. Kept giving me a hard time about eating my turkey leg. <laughs> that turkey leg was amazing. <laughs> a couple fireballs, the- everything was tasting good. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, we 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 are going to have the uh, we're going to do that uh, battle of the Highway Fifty Nine Sport Compact Special. It's going to be the Friday night, thousand okay. men. Um, so we're looking forward to that Saturday night. We're going to have the Midwest dirt trucks, the Carl Chevrolet mm. Midwest dirt trucks are going to be on hand with us on uh, Saturday night. Now where's the uh, closest they race? Stewart. Okay. <clears throat> they run Marshalltown, Stewart. They, they're from central Iowa. We tried to get them last year. Of course, COVID canceled their series tour. So we were unable to get them, but, uh, and, and we had to cancel the 18th because 99% of our staff was going to be gone. So, cause they're all related and going to the same wedding. So we're just having, but um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it uh, every night, every Friday night, every class, but the hobby stocks is going to be a thousand dollars to win. The hobby stocks are going to be seven fifty, and the vintage cars are going to be a hundred dollars throughout the field. Saturday night, everything's going to be $1,500 to win, except the hobby stocks are going to be a thousand to win. And the sport compacts are going to be two fifty, and the dirt trucks are going to be 500. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. It's, it's, you know, it's our 29th annual and uh, for next year is, we're, we're really looking forward to next year. There's a lot of good things in the works next year. Good deal. Uh, just $15 to get into the uh, grandstands for the adults. Both nights, again, Friday, September 24th, and Saturday, September 25th. Shelby County Speedway on Facebook. I believe it's Race SCS online. Yep, racescs.com. Yep, racescs.com. Uh, yep, thank you. But, yeah, registration is open, so they can make the payment through PayPal, or, you know, whatever. But camping spots are available. Make sure we get those. Like I said, Bucksnort will be serving their food Friday and Saturday night. And we do have reserved parking in the pits, which is filling up fast, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. it's only 20 bucks to get your spot. So not a bad deal at all. Of course, we'll talk about some of the other changes once, you know, off the air. I'll, I'll talk to you mm-hmm. about a few. But we're really looking forward to it. I'm going to be back behind the mic with Don oh. this year. So really looking forward to it. Hoping you guys can make a trip up and come see us either Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, my uh, my buddy Kirk that uh, that does the uh, production at, at Eagle Raceway was asking if we were going to go watch that race. So, Dirk, if you want to, we'll all take a road trip and head down there. We might just have to do that. Can I can I sweeten the pot a little bit? Sure. What if I pay for your way in one night? No, I'll be there yeah. anyways. You don't have to buy me a way in. I like to pay my way. Well, I ain't gonna have prime rib for you, so I got to make up for some somehow. Well, how about you buy me a turkey leg? <laughs> they got. It. I'll buy you bucks for. <laughs> deal <laughs> you, get, you get in a room or are you just gonna drive back and forth you know that's gonna depend on the missus that's fine but i'm telling you right she's, now we got uncle juice jello shots and everything else so she's been a little frustrated with my lack of being around lately so uh she, we got date night huh? this friday to try to smooth things over with me being gone on saturday at knoxville mm, 
Yeah, that would, um, yeah. All right, so, we got to wrap it up before we run out of time. Sounds good. And don't forget, I, I don't know if I invited you guys to the page, but I am having a bag league this year in Harlan for over the winter. Okay. And yeah. League. Yeah, you did invite me. Okay. All right, Bob Simon of Shelby County Speedway. Thanks a lot for your time, man. Have a good night. Hey, guys, always remember, wherever you go, there you are. That's true. All right, thanks, Bob. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule, and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back into the front stretch. Brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Saturday's action at Bristol Motor Speedway. Round uh, race number three in round number one of the playoffs is 6.30 Central Time with green flag just shortly after that. Uh, the radio broadcast will be on PRN and Sirius XM. The TV broadcast will be on NBCSN. And, of course, every lap will be on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, get over to the Lube today. Enjoy some great food, great sights, great sounds. Man, I don't know what it has been lately, but I have just had such a craving for chicken wings. And I, I got to get down there. I was thinking maybe I'll run down there Thursday. Wait, yeah, yeah the day this is published, today. Yeah, I probably won't make that. I got to... Uh... I'm taking a flight in the morning and going to Dallas for a connector into Fayetteville, Arkansas. Wow. One of them states I've never been to. And then I'm driving a pickup back to Omaha. All right. Well, let's kick it off today. Uh, well, I guess we'll actually continue it because we already kicked it off in turn number one with Bob Simon of Shelby County Speedway. A lot of news, a lot of conversation to get to. Uh, Dirk NASCAR has definitely dropped a lot of things for us to talk about on the show. Let's kick it off with the uh, local stuff that's the most important. Great news coming out of the Cody Ledger Racing Camp that he uh, was released from the hospital and sent to the Madonna Rehab Center. I believe he broke out of jail on, was that, uh, oh, Monday he did that. Was it Monday? I was going to say Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember. Yeah. So good news for him. I know that uh, I got to talk to his dad at uh, I-80 Speedway on Saturday night of the Midwest Fall Brawl and. Their spirits are high, but they're also very cautious about what Cody's future could bring. And uh, I think they're all a little bit scared of how frustrated he's going to get over the next coming weeks because you really can't do anything but just lay around and let your body heal. And uh, Cody's never really been one of those kind of guys. He's always going, working hard. And now he's got the family and spending time with them and, and you know, then keeping the race car running. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking he's a guy, you know, pretty much burning the candle at both ends. So, yeah. So good news there. And also got some good news Saturday night. Uh, fans came, or, uh, drivers came across the front stretch and into the grandstands and passed the helmet. They were able to raise 
$4,300 for Cody uh, and some of his medical bills. And I know that there is um, on Cody Ledger Racing's page, they have sent out some places that you can donate if you'd like to help out because these medical bills are going to be pretty high. Yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, I mean, uh, he works for his dad, you know, at ESI. So uh, I'm sure they've got, you know, decent health coverage. Yeah, but yeah it never still... seems to cover enough of it, though. But oh, and again, well, it's, you know, these we talked about just speculating. I mean, what is it? What was the average? It was like $13,000 a night to be in the ICU. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't have any experience with that because I wasn't in the ICU, but my, my, uh, my bill for my kidney was over 200,000. So, and that was only five days. That's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. But good news for uh, Cody and and on the road to recovery, we are going to make an effort to get Cody on the show in the next week or two to kind of discuss things and talk about his future. And um, we haven't had him on. Well, we actually had him on what about a month ago, month and a half ago. We finally got him on. Yeah, maybe six weeks. Yeah, that's about right. So it's about time we get him back on the show. We didn't have him on for two years. Then we got him on. Now we'll get him on again and kind of get that uh, frequency built back up again. But I know the race fans want to hear from Cody and, and hear his own words of what happened. So we'll, we'll put an effort in, see if he's up to joining us on the show. Uh, did you see this story at this Friendship Motor Speedway almost felt like a joke to me? Just the way that the that the whole thing kind of unfolded. I mean, obviously, I'm not making a joke out of people that got shot, even though the guy that, that we shared the post of said, luckily, no one got hurt. Like yeah. you pointed out, except for the two people that got struck with gunfire. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then I saw another one that was an update a little while long later, and I decided not to share that because, my God, take an English class. I mean, the first post was bad enough trying to explain what happened and how it wasn't the racetrack's fault, and it had nothing to do with anything that happened at the racetrack, more to do with people having beef outside of the racetrack and bringing it in, yada, yada, yada. But just what a weird situation. Yeah, there was there was one of these same type of deals. I want to say it was somewhere in Georgia like three years ago, and it was the same thing. It had nothing to do with a shooting at the racetrack, but nothing to do like in the pits, mm-hmm. nothing to do with the race. It was, you know, I don't know if it was gangbangers or whatever, but two guys that were in the middle of a beef and, you know, they showed up the racetrack together that, you know, happened to be at the racetrack that night, ended up in a shooting. So, so stupid. Good thing is, I mean, not, most of the time racetracks are safe havens for many of that stuff, but oh, yeah. uh, just a any case, I, I will let it go. But just I just kept reading that on what was that Sunday night? I was posted about that, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? NASCAR released their 2022 race season, but before they did that, they announced that the 2022 clash will be held at the LA Coliseum. I'll give uh, Chris Krug some credit on this. He was talking with somebody who was close to the situation and text me about it. Uh, early last week and said, Hey man, you might want to start checking this out. There might be a NASCAR race at the Coliseum. Um, and it kind of started to make sense to me. Again, we've talked about this, that NASCAR obviously needs to be in the big market or feels like they need to be in the big market. Um, and for them to throw together a short track race in an actual historic venue, um, other than just a historic racetrack or historic facility, this is an actual historic venue that I think is the only place to hold two Olympic games. We'll now add a, a NASCAR Cup Series uh, race to its uh, portfolio in uh, its 98-year history, I'm reading. Yeah, but it was, I mean, 
to say it's anything close to the original building is a you know it isn't true plain and simple i mean that place was was so redone for that last olympics you know i mean completely you know didn't even look the same but i i don't understand what nascar's thinking i mean they build a big speedway a very a very nice speedway out there in california when they you know built the track at fontana i've been there Mm -hmm. several times working races you know wonderful place you know but they just didn't draw any people there yeah you know they uh they did for a couple of years, you know, when, when NASCAR was the boom, you know, but uh, then the thing fell off. That's why they're, you know, turning that into a short track. I don't have, haven't heard a thing on that. So I don't know how that's going. Yeah. Good point. When it, they moved that race back or canceled it, they canceled it, didn't they? Canceled it this year. Yes. Yeah. yeah because, uh, you know, they decided, uh, I think it was about a year ago, they decided that they were, you know, going to start this work and everything and got all the permits and stuff through the county and all that got done. But uh, I haven't heard a word on it. And I could never figure out what they were doing because they said they were going to keep the front straightaway as part of a half mile track. The front straightaway was over a half mile long by itself. <laughs> so I have no idea what they were going to keep. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people are upset about this. And again, it, it's, it goes back to... Um... Just the unfortunate thing about our sport, and I'm going to stay firm on this opinion, that we do a really good job of destroying our own sport. Uh, NASCAR is bringing a short wow. track back to the schedule. And we'll an asterisk on this because sure. we don't do it. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Uh, I, I yep. say we as, as most fans. And, and I should say I have heard, I've seen plenty of comments that people are giving this a shot, and it's, they're excited about it. They're, they want to see what it's going to look like. A lot of people are upset, and I'm in that same group that NASCAR didn't go to Iowa Speedway, but I spent a lot of the last two days explaining to people that 10% market share in LA is the same as 100% market share in Iowa. And I want to point out that I said LA, the city, and Iowa, the state. So if NASCAR gets 12% market share or 14% of the available audience in LA, they have got more audience than the entire state of iowa could deliver to them yeah, i love yeah. iowa obviously love iowa but i get it LA's a bigger market it's and it's much much bigger money you can sell a heck of a lot more sponsorship to a race in la than you can in iowa well yeah but i'm gonna be honest that 10 percent market share in la ain't never gonna happen no but you would you would never get a hundred percent share in iowa either right and again, so, you and I have talked about it. I, I kind of went on this well, on my own private page when I was having conversations with people about it. Iowa did not support the Xfinity series when we would see guys like Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch show up and race. Why would NASCAR believe that a Cup Series race would be any different? It's They may have faith that it would be, but they have no track history that it would be. It's So it's I think NASCAR played it safe. It, and I'm kind of getting a little sidetracked here, but I also kind of wonder if there isn't some sort of a deal with Knoxville with having the truck race at Knoxville of not having any other races at Iowa for two years while Knoxville gets to enjoy the entire limelight. Cause if I could be, if I got it, if I got an option to go to Iowa speedway and watch a truck race or go to Knoxville and watch a truck race after this year's Knoxville truck race, I'm going to Iowa. You know, it could be, they might have 150 mile exclusivity or something like that, which would, let Kansas have a truck race. Right. But I think that, you know, I don't think Des Moines 200 from Kansas City. So 200 miles, you know, it's the same as Omaha, basically, you know, 185 yeah. or whatever. But uh, 
and it would still allow Gateway in St. Louis to have their race, but it would take Newton out if they had 150 mile exclusivity. So. I still have faith that there's something going to happen for Iowa Speedway, but maybe now I'm turning into that fan that is, by the way, short for fanatic and oftentimes and doesn't think straight. <laughs> you, you can still hang out with me. I know Carl's Thank coming. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's coming. <laughs> But I'm excited to see this. It's I'm I'm really happy that at first off, the thing right off the bat that that I was excited about was that's one less super speedway race. And I've not been shy about it. You've not been shy about it. Super speedway racing is not that exciting. The last couple well, of laps are exciting to watch. That's about it. Yeah, but I mean, if it's just the clash, it's it's a non-points race. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it is literally an experiment. And what do they say? There's going to be 20 cars, I thought I saw. Uh, that would, it's normally right around there between, uh, 18, 19 on the bottom side and two dozen on the top side. You know, this is the, the race. Well, they've opened up. It used to be, you know, just pole winners from the year before. That's all it was. And, but now they've got, if you win a segment, you know, if you fart on Tuesday, you know, they've got so many things that get you in the race anymore. And, uh, and that was a deal driven by sponsor dollars. More sponsors want to be in the race. Yeah. So they had to o- try and open up a little bit. I'm trying to see the size of the track that they're talking about. Um, Cause I see in one of the, the clips that I posted says the track will be the shortest that the cup series has competed on in the modern era. Uh, currently Bristol motor speedway 0.533 mile and Martinsville 0.526 mile are the smallest layouts in the schedule. Previously it was Bowman gray stadium in Winston Salem, North Carolina, uh, a two tiny 0.2 mile slip in uh New York Islip speed Islip, in New yeah. York is okay. So I'm just trying to see what the what the length of this what the projected length of this will be, and I'm not finding it quite yet. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be between a quarter, it's gonna be a big quarter mile track, so a quarter to a third of a mile. There's there's no room to put anything bigger than that unless they're gonna yeah. actually build the track up into the grandstand some. You know, I mean, the, the, around the football field is a quarter mile, you know, athletic track, mm-hmm. you know, foot race track. Yeah. And, you know, then you got the grandstands, so they can't have it any bigger than that. I mean, if they want to measure the outside of it, that's what I said. It might make it a third mile. Yeah. You know, it's not even going to be anywhere near a half mile, but if they decide to take some of the grandstands, you know, if they bring in enough dirt and everything and build it up high enough, um, you know, and, and maybe run kind of the banking up into the grandstands on the ends, you know, they could make, you know, they might be able to get it to a half mile. I don't know. Uh, Kennedy said a series of officials have considered two or three configurations for the quarter mile bull ring with iRacing computer simulations, helping to determine the tracks real life profile simulated trials have taken place with five degrees, two and a half degrees and no banking in the turns uh so we go for so they're they're trying different things i also saw a video of clint boyer jeff gordon and who was the third one that they raced what is supposed to be the official layout uh from iRacing for that racetrack well if you had boyer and gordon obviously you're retired driver so maybe jeff burton another announcer i thought it was a modern driver somebody that's actually still driving but i i I have for life, man, I cannot remember who it was. I'll try to find it before we get done with this, but I'm excited about this. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm I'll watch the race, especially that time of year when I'm going to be pining for some racing. 
I can tell you right now, if they do a flat track, a zero banking, that'll be a disaster. <laughs> they will. Yes, I think so too. That'll be a disaster. I mean, the truck struggled to run it uh, at Knoxville, which probably has five degrees of banking. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they even take that little bit of banking out, it'll be a disaster. There so we go. I hope, as I say, I just hope they don't do that. I hope they go with the five degree. You know, I'd, I'd like to see them go with 25 degrees, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. they don't need Bristol but they need banking if they're going to run a dirt track. Uh, I believe it was, uh, I just saw a quick piece that I believe it was um, Jamie McMurray was the other driver. Okay. Well, still another retired driver. All right. But I could be wrong on that. I, I, I fully reserve the right to be completely wrong on that. God, it was a, yeah. The, the, see, those two are just breaking down the video. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I just think it's interesting that, that they're using uh, iRacing simulation to, to build the track to kind of test out the track before they decide to build it and, and exactly what configuration. I, I just think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, they got to, you know, it's, they're starting from scratch. So they got to have some idea what to do. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. NASCAR also released their 2022 race schedule. Like we just talked about February 6th will be the clash at the LA Coliseum. Then we come back February 17th for the duels at Daytona. February 20th will be the kickoff, the Daytona 500. Auto Club Speedway will be the 27th. Then we'll go to Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta. We're going to have the Circuit of the Americas. Are we going to call it Circuit or are we going to stick with Circus of Americas? Um, Coda. Let's make it easy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I won't go through the whole schedule, but uh, locally, Kansas now moves into the round of 16. They're going to be the second race in the round of 16 on September 11th. Uh, That's going to be, I don't know if that's a, let's see. That would be a Sunday night race or a Sunday race, right? Uh, yes. Because it was September 11th was a Saturday this year. So September 11th next year should be a Sunday. Should be a Sunday. We had that leap year thing that threw me all sorts of off. Uh, yes, it will be a Sunday race as I get to my calendar. Uh, let's see. Darlington, Bristol will also be the other two races in that round of 16. Round of 12 will be Texas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. Round of eight will be Las Vegas, Homestead, Miami. And then Martinsville in your championship four will be at Phoenix on November 6th. Uh, Pocono, I believe, lost a race. Let's see. Homestead Miami Speedway, which held the season finale for many, many years, is returning to the playoffs in the second round as the, as the second race in the third round. Richmond's second annual race will move from the playoffs to the regular season. Both of their Cup Series races will also be held on Sunday after they've been held on Saturday nights for, the last, for most of the last 33 years. Kansas uh, will be May 15th, and like I mentioned, will be September 11th, the second race in the round of 16. And then the Bristol Dirt Race will be moved to a primetime start on Easter Sunday. And I believe Pocono lost a race. Now, May 15th, I was just looking on the calendar as a Sunday, Sunday race for Kansas Speedway, too. So no Saturday night race at Kansas. I honestly like that they moved that race up to September 11th. Um, I mean, it'll depend on what IED's schedule looks like next year. It was the Midwest Fall Brawl this year, but Joe may re- reorganize that next year because he likes going down to that race. And he there's a lot of fans that go to IED Speedway that like to go down to that race. So they may re- re- redo it. And I've always had an issue with them running in October because that's harvest season. And there's a lot of people in this area that are unavailable to go to the racetrack because they're stuck in a combine or a tractor in October trying to get their moneymaker out of the field. And yeah, well, September still kind of pushing it, but nobody's picking right now. Yeah, nobody's picking on September 11th. There very few are, 
And in all honesty, there shouldn't be too many still picking the last week of October. There will be, <laughs> but there shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if they get if they get hung up with some weather and whatnot, you know, you then you do it when you can. It's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. But uh, you said something in there a minute ago. When we get some time, I got something I want to bring up. So. Okay. Uh, also, uh, the all-star race will be at Texas motor speedway this year on May 22nd again, worldwide technology raceway at gateway. I believe if I read that right, will be June 5th, Nashville, super speedway will be June 26th. They're going to run a gateway. Well, they're running. So that, that where I was kind of confused. I was hoping you could jump in there and help me. Apparently what I was reading made me feel like worldwide technology raceway is a different track at gateway. Um, I might, I might have that confused. Gateway has a road course configuration, you know, just like Charlotte does, just like Daytona does. Yeah. Um, I don't, as far as I know, NASCAR has never raced on it in any series and cup has not raced at gateway. Now I think, I think cup would be a great race on the, on the oval there at gateway i really do but Mm -hmm. uh but that other must be uh maybe they're gonna run the road course there that's what it sounds like i guess and on the so they put out the kind of the more basic just a line of of dates and and races but then they put out a little bit easier view of it it's more of a graphic on facebook and the june 5th race says gateway dash wwt so worldwide technology worldwide technology park um excuse me worldwide technology raceway is that race at, at gateway. So I I'll have to dig into that a little bit more and, and figure out if that's what exactly that means. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out if that uh, is, is the thing you're looking at, is it just cup dates or does it have Xfinity dates and stuff in there too? It's just cup dates. Okay. That, I mean, that surprises me. They're going there. Just be honest with you. Cause they never yeah. have. Yeah. And the track's been there for 20 years. Uh, and am I reading this right? Oh no, there is Sonoma. So Sonoma's got a. Ra- we're gonna have a road course at Sonoma. Uh, Charlotte Roval, Watkins Glen has one race. What else am I missing? Oh, Indianapolis road course. So no Daytona road course this year. But they still got Coda, which is a road course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, missed that one. Yeah. So interesting schedule. I, I, they've mixed it up just a little bit, like they've been doing the last couple of years. I would like to see them continue to mix the pot just a little bit so that we can see some variations um, and we'll, we'll just keep rolling and see what happens. Well, if they do keep mixing the pot, I'm going to predict right now, again, if they keep mixing the pot that Iowa Speedway is going to have a race soon. I think so too. I, I mean, it just, again, it, it makes sense. NASCAR owns it. So you would think they would eventually go there. I just think that there's something happening that we're not aware of yet. That is, that is holding it from happening. And again, I refer back to that, maybe that exclusivity clause with, with Knoxville. Um, maybe it's that, that they want the track to cool down a little bit. Maybe they want to repave it before they do it. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I still, I still have faith that they're going to be, uh, that th- there will be a cup series race at Iowa. Hey, got some, uh, s- some kind of not unexpected news after we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but kind of sad news. Uh, there are rumors swirling that Starcom Racing is set to end operations at the uh, conclusion of this season. Apparently, a Starcom Racing employee confirmed that the team would cease operations at the end of the 2021 season via Twitter, but the tweet has since been deleted. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago that they sold their charter, and I cannot remember for the life of me who bought their charter. Was it Spire? 
about the charter? All I know is I did as I said I would. I reached out to Jen, but haven't heard anything back from her. Yeah. And she might be under a gag order. So that's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. Starcom Racing, which feels a double zero Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series, has sold its charter. Yes, I can from the purchase. Spire Motorsports has been rumored to be interested in Starcom Racing's charter. However, a Spire team spokesperson for the organization says no news to announce at this time. That was back on September 1st. Well, it was Spire. That's yeah. we, when we talked last week. That's what I thought it was. But yeah, but, that's, uh, that's too bad because they've been very, very, very good to us. Well, yeah. And they, you know, when they came in, what, five years ago now? Four years ago. I'm going to say four you know, we got in on the ground floor with them. Well, know. it might have been it might have been five because they might have started at Kansas that right that because they yeah, their well, first that, race yeah, was, was at Kansas. Right. So, so four full seasons, years. but but five years in operations. And uh, you know, we were just surprised as we sat down and we did probably a half an hour with them that day that we were the only media in the Midwest that asked to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. You Derek know. Cope was thoroughly involved. We got to we got to talk to them quite a bit. Yeah, well, they, the, I don't remember the one owner that was there that weekend, you know, but they sounded like they were in for the long haul. Yeah. You know, and it, let's be honest, four years in cup is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just to confirm, they opened uh, 2017. Their first race was a Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway on October, uh, excuse me, in 2017. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're right there on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's kind of fallen in line. You know, I mean, that's just a team, but, you know, it, everything kind of hit the fan this week for Onawa Raceway. What did I you miss know? about Onawa? Evidently, I, I've read several different things on it and different opinions. We need to get somebody on to actually find out what's going on. But supposedly, the city that owns the lease on the land and everything has decided to raise the lease and it's not being renewed. Hmm. So their lease ended um, in August. They got all their points races done for the year, but anything else they had scheduled has been put on a to-be-determined. And uh, um, yeah, so I mean, it looks like that drag strip is going to be non-existent unless somebody steps up. Well, it, they just yesterday, being uh, Tuesday, they posted a Halloween hootenanny. I'm interested. You call something a hootenanny, I'm interested. I always love those weird words. But uh, it's going to be September 24th and 26th, um, 24th and the 26th. It looks like nothing on the 25th. So maybe if that's still open, let's run over there on that Sunday, the 26th. I think uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. I, how much fun are you going to have at a hootenanny in the middle of the damn day? It's a hootenanny, Dirk. It just oozes fun. Oh, come on. That's the Red Opium and you coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they keep posting about it. So I, I, maybe they got it resolved. Maybe there's a temporary extension on the lease. Maybe they're going to end out the year. Who knows? But we will definitely reach out to uh, to somebody over there. And I, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but it's Jerry, Jerry and Gary. Gary, Gary or Jerry? Gary. Yeah, I think it's Gary and Gary yeah. Harper. Yeah, that's it. Gary and Gary Harper. I'll reach out to them and see, see what they got going on if they come up and dispel any of these rumors. But uh... – the I, other thing I, I, that you mentioned a little while ago that I wanted to ask you about is I mm -hmm. have read, and I'm not going to mention names, but I do know who posted it. They posted that Joe announced at the Sunday pit meeting. So would that have been Labor Day weekend? Did they run Sunday? Yeah, yeah that was championship Sunday on uh, September 6th. Yeah. 5th. 5th, I think. Yeah. Labor Day was the 6th. So 
but they specifically posted that Joe stated at the pit meeting that this was the last year and the track was going to be bulldozed. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> well, I was just like, but, huh? But I, I had a conversation with Joe after that, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad you brought it up because I completely forgot all about that conversation with everything that's been going on. At the pit meeting, he announced that now backing up a little bit, we've been told and he has acknowledged that there is contract negotiations that were going on with a company. Never announced who the company was, although we, we speculated it was Copart. He confirmed that it was Copart and that as of Friday before Championship Sunday, so September 3rd, they notified him that they were no longer interested and that they had moved on. And he announced in the pit meeting that that's, that was what happened, that the contract negotiations had ended. But there were two other parties that had expressed interest, just hadn't gone as far as Copart. So the lawyers that are involved in the contract negotiations have reached out to the other two companies to see if they're still interested in what's going on. Um, after my conversation with Joe, I have begun to lose faith in a 2022 race season. Joe is there. The entire family is just so worn out and so exhausted. It's kind of a blessing that they didn't have the, uh, the Lucas Oil race because they need a little bit of time to, to relax before their final two race weekends. But I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I have lost faith in a 2022 race season. Well, well, like I said, when I'd read what I did, and like I said, I, you know, I'm not going to mention the name of who posted it, but mm -hmm. I know who, you know, I know them personally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, wow, you know, that's really weird because, and I mean, he's the only guy on Facebook that says anything. nobody else has said anything. And I'm going, yeah. that just don't seem right. Yeah. And let me back up. I guess I shouldn't say I, that Joe didn't say it because I wasn't there. So I don't know if Joe said it or not, but his conversation to me was, this is what I told the drivers in the pit meeting. I wanted them to know first because they were the weekly ones that have supported the track all season long and they deserve to know everything that's going on with the racetrack. So I told them during the pit meeting exactly what was happening. And then he repeated it to me, which then I've regurgitated it on this, uh, this fine podcast. Uh, but just again, Joe's, I know he is balancing between honoring his word that there will be a 2022 season and, and just getting the hell out. I mean, I've, I've literally never seen somebody in my life so beat up and exhausted from, from running the day-to-day -day operations. And it's, it's, it's scary to watch. And I, I was having a conversation with another person uh, during that night at the Midwest fall brawl. And I said, I'm not entirely sure Joe Kaziski's health could make it through another race season, the way that he has gone from the way he looked at the beginning of the year to the end of the year. But I might be speaking out of turn. I just, I've, I've lost faith that we're going to have a 2022 race season at I-80 Speedway. Well, unless something's actually happened with his health, I don't think he'll go back on his word. And I also like, like he even mentioned to us, he goes, if I knew it was going to be the last race or something, he goes, how much would I hype that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I, again, I, I still stick to the, he wants there to be a 2022 race season because he's going to make some pretty good money off of it. Everybody is going to want to go to that race because that's going to be the last one of those races. It's going to be the last spring meltdown. It's going to be the last Charlie Clark Memorial. I mean, at I-80 Speedway, uh, right. it's going to be the last, it's going to be the last silver dollar nationals. It's going to be the last of this. Everybody is going to want to go to every one of those races that they can, because it's going to be the last one. And that goes for drivers too. So it's a smart marketing ploy. I mean, it's it's a good business good business piece to come out and say this is the last season. But again, I just 
he talked to us about it. Him and I have had conversations about it. I know that he is a man of his word. When he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. I'm just losing faith that there's going to be a 2022 race season at I-80 Speedway. And in all honesty, <clears throat> let's also take a look at the world right now with the way this pandemic seems to be taking another swing at, at the world, yeah. you know, at the population. You know, that could play a big part in it, too. Yeah. Sad to say, but I think it I think it absolutely plays into it. And he, you know, and, and he kind of just said to me, you know, Dan, I've been married to Mona for nearly 50 years. I think they're they're in 49 right now. He says, We have never taken a vacation that didn't have to do with racing. 49 years. He's never gone anywhere that didn't that didn't he didn't count it as well. This is our vacation, but we're sitting at you know at a racetrack, which he loves doing, but there's there's a difference. Dirk, you you kind of know it too. There's a difference between when you're Dirk Houston in the front stretch and people are out there talking to you and then you're Dirk Houston just sitting at home relaxing. Joe never gets to go to a racetrack and relax because he's always Joe Kaziski of I-80 Speedway. Yeah, I mean, you you didn't grow up in this life, you know. Yeah. Um, the very first year I got to go to Daytona in 2001, I spent two days just trying to find out where I could go to a dirt track race on Thursday night when we weren't <laughs> going to be working. And I found out it was Volusia County. And so I got one of the rental cars and one of the other guys and we drove the 40 miles over there. My one day off working the races for a week, I went to a damn race. You yeah. know, that's I, I get that what you are. Joe, Joe, but Joe's been doing this his entire life. And I I that conversation with him in the pits, I saw a man that just he didn't want to be obligated to go to a race. And I I felt for him a little bit too, because I I felt that that he feels like he's obligated to go to a racetrack every opportunity he can, because that's like expected of him. And if he posts pictures of him sitting on the beach in, 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 in Mexico, that he's going to get grief or he's going to feel guilty for not being at a racetrack or working on a race. And I, I think he's just, ex he's starting to get excited about not needing to deal with that. Cause again, you and I have talked about it, putting a schedule together for a track like I-80 Speedway. That's a lot of work. Well, yeah. And I mean, I can tell you from my own experience, when I uh, quit working the touring series for NASCAR, I stepped away, you know, I mm -hmm. took time and, you know, I mean, I got offered the very next year when Roger, that was when Roger Hayden was taking over Eagle and he called me up, wanted me to come tech down there. And I said, dude, I said, as much as I would love to, I said, I'm not going to do anything with race for a while. And I didn't, I didn't do anything until 2010. I took five years off. Yeah. And, and you know me now, you say, let's go to the race. And I'm like, eh, you know, I've seen them all. Yeah. Why do I need I, to go another one? I'm at that point too. Like as I get down into August and September, I'm just exhausted. I'm ready to do something different on a Friday or a Saturday night. Doesn't mean I don't love racing. I'm happy to be at a racetrack, calling races, talking to people. I'm, I'm, I have a ball when I'm at the racetrack, but some days, like, like Sarah said, you know, it'd just be nice to go out on a date on a Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're to the point now where, again, you know, I worked the local stuff for yeah, but 14, 15 years, uh, five or six races into the season. If you hadn't had a rain out yet, you were begging for one. Yeah. It's just <clears> tiring. <throat> it's, I mean, it's, it's anyways, we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Um, well, as like of I right said, now, I, I, I think I'm still, I'm like, I'm still 70% there that there's going to be a 2022 race season. But before that conversation, I was at 90%. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm and, losing faith, but it, but I'm still there that there's going to be a 2022 season. Well, and, and depending on if, if they get another offer, like you said, there's still a couple co companies that are working with them. Um, 
and maybe they throw a little money at him because Joe said, you know, one of the negotiation deals was to have the 2022 season. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe if they get a little more money thrown in the mix that they'll just go ahead and throw in the towel. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get set for today's uh, for Sunday's race at Bristol. It is the final race of the round of 16. Four drivers are going to get eliminated. Those drivers could be Kurt Busch, who is on the bubble. He is currently tied with Alex Bowman, but Alex Bowman has the uh, tiebreaker advantage. So he is in the playoffs for the next round. Kurt Busch is on the outside. Uh, very simple for those teams. Keep Alex behind you and you will advance. Uh, Tyler Reddick, five points behind in 14th. William Byron, 18 points behind uh, in 15th. And Michael McDowell, win and you're in, don't and you're out. 38 points behind in 16th. Those are the four drivers that could be eliminated. Uh, you could also realistically throw in, uh, I always hate saying this because it's the easiest one to say, but mechanical issues, Alex Bowman, like we just mentioned, he is tied with Kurt Busch for that final bubble spot. Uh, Eric Amarola only three points above the cut line. Kyle Busch is only eight points above the cut line. Brad Kozlowski is only 13 points above the cut line. Really, you got to get up to, I don't know, maybe Chase Elliott, 19 points above before I would start to feel comfortable if I was and Chase Elliott. Even there at a short track like Bristol where there's enough banging and bouncing going on, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe the top eight can be comfortable. Top eight is Christopher Bell, 17 points above. You, you think that's so comfortable? I, yeah, I'm going to say right in that range. Because um, you're going to see, what you're going to see this this time is you're going to see guys like Michael McDowell. He's going to drive every lap like it's the last lap of the year. He has mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. But you're going to see Christopher Bell and you're going to see Alex Bowman. These guys are going to get into a spot where they're on the track and they've got a half second in front of them and a half second behind them. They're just going to drive around. Yeah. And they're going to protect that bottom. No. Well, because you know, guys like Kyle Busch, if, if there's a restart and he gets stuck on the outside, he could lose those eight points in no time. Well, you got to remember if they're going to juice up the outside of the track, the high side half the time is the place to be. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, you can't say protect the bottom like he used to say it, you know. Um, and, and who knows, this race, it might be a bottom group track. But uh, yeah, they're just going to, uh, a few of those guys are going to try and get in a spot. And, and just stay there, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I can see I've got time to react in front of me. Hopefully these guys don't drive over behind me, you know, and you see that at Bristol a lot, guys, you know, just driving over people because they're actually not talented enough to be there. Because <laughs> they're in a hurry. Oh yeah. You know? um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's guys in the cup series that are out on that track that in my opinion, don't deserve to be out there. Mm -hmm. So but, there's uh, yeah, the guys like that and everything. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, but uh, yeah, it's, right. it's gonna, in all honesty, turn this race off for the first 300, 400 laps, go in for that last hundred laps. And you're going to see what, what the race is all about. You'll have a few guys racing for stage points or Bush is going to try and get stage points. So is Alex Bowman. Mm -hmm. um, my Michael McDowell stage points don't do nothing for him. He's, he's got to get to the front. He's got to win the race. That's all yeah. there is to it. Yep. You know, uh, and by the way, that's 38 points behind the cutoff, not 38 right. points behind the leader. So he's got to make up nearly an entire race's points tonight over Alex Bowman or whoever's uh, Alex Bowman and Kurt Bush, not tonight, uh, Saturday night. So yeah. he's got a long ways to go. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's winning your, that's it. Their, their strategy is simple. Go win the race. And starting, I'm going to take a guess. He's probably starting in the lower twenties. Mm, let's see. I would bet so. 20th to 25th probably 
I don't know for sure, but that's where I'm going to guess he's at. Yeah, you're usually pretty spot on with that stuff. Uh, he is starting 16th. Really? Also a little better. Yeah. A little better. But uh, um, it's going to be very hard for him to win the stage from there. Um, and literally, he needs, you know, he needs to win both stages, you know, and do the best he can in the race. If he can win both stages and throw that 20 points on there, um, and Alex Bowman would break early or get in a crash early, you know, Alex Bowman could end up dead last. But well, and, and he also needs Kurt Bush to have a bad night. Well, he needs the other two drivers, you know, Kurt Bush and the other two drivers to have <laughs> yeah. that too. Yeah. So he, you know, like I said, his is pretty much a win and uh, win or go home type deal. And uh, it'll be an interesting race, and it'll be an interesting race. Uh, they'll stay on Bowman and Kurt Bush all night. All right, uh, Saturday night's race at Bristol, the Bass Pro Shops NRA night race at Bristol. Again, 6.30 Central Time is uh, when your picks are due for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickums Contest. You can always watch the race at Quaker Steak and Lube on the big screens. It's going to be on NBCSN. It's going to be broadcast on PRN and Sirius XM. Also coming up Friday and Saturday, the US 30 Abe Lincoln Memorial, the 25th anniversary. Friday night is going to feature IMCA Race Saver Sprint Cars, Sport Mods, Stock Cars, Hobby Stocks, and the Midwest Classic Stock Cars. Saturday is going to feature IMCA Modifieds, Late Models, Sport Mods, Stock Cars, Hobby Stocks, and the good old time Racing Association. Uh, tickets looks like $20 for adults. Kids 6 to 17 get in for 10 bucks. Kids 5 and under get in for free. Racing on Friday night starts at... Uh, let's see, hot laps at seven national anthem is seven fifty-five. racing at about eight o'clock Saturday, hot laps at three 30 national anthem at four, four twenty-five, and racing starting at about four 30. So that's the Abe Lincoln Memorial at us 30 this coming Friday and Saturday. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Anything we need to cover? Anything you think you forgot about? No, well, I think we kind of covered the local track deals and the sad news in them. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we got, uh, Shelby County handled. And yep. uh, do you have any idea yet when we're going to go ahead and start those over Quaker? Oh, no. I've been, you know, it's been in the back of my head, but really all we got to do is just put a schedule together, get Chris's okay on it, and then start doing them. Yeah. Um, but when did we start doing them last year? Did we start doing it in October or did we wait till November? I was thinking we were doing, we did maybe one in October, what I was thinking. Yeah. Hmm. Because I think we waited until after the Kansas race. Oh, yeah. And then we ended up not going to the Kansas race. <laughs> yeah, we could do it any time. I mean, honestly, it's uh, it's it's getting down to uh, there's I several track championships that have been decided. We could do Eagle, I-80, Shelby County. I think Adams County decided theirs. There's plenty of track championships that we could talk about. Yeah, well, we, I mean, let's let's plan on starting them October 4th, that Monday. Well, uh, we got a couple hours of drive time this weekend. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of planning to do on that right over there. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening. Uh, we will be at Knoxville Raceway this weekend, so we're I plan on publishing a special show either Saturday night slash Sunday morning when we get back. Uh, so that'll be available to listen Sunday, and that'll just kind of be our thoughts and, and a couple of interviews that we're able to shake down and uh, conversations. So make sure to be uh, listening for that. Make sure to like, follow, and share the Front Stretch podcast on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It would be iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio. Just make sure to like and follow it so you get the notification whenever we put up new episodes. Uh, big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube for all their support. And oh yeah, don't forget, donate to the uh, to my walk. I'm I'm kind of in a stale 
everything's kind of slowed down a little bit. So I got to start pushing that a little bit harder. If you could just give me $5, $10, anything is appreciated. I'm, I'm stuck at about $825 and I got to get to that $2,500 goal. So Dirk can laugh at me while I'm eating the triple atomic challenge of Quaker steak and lube. You know, if you don't get to the goal, how about I just buy you the wings and watch you eat them? No, I don't. As much as I want to, because I really do want to do this challenge. I got to get to that $2,500 first. I'm not going to cheat and let, uh, and, and jump in there and, and, um, and, and, uh, and just eat the wings anyways. I got to get to that $2,500 and I know our great fans and my great friends will help out. So please uh, make sure you donate. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. I'll share it again. It was on the Fred Stretch Facebook page. It's on my personal Dan Taylor page. You can find it on Facebook and just uh, donate there. It's the safest, easiest way. And uh, greatly appreciate everybody's support. Uh, get your picks in for the Rick Haven Rich Pickums contest again Saturday night at 6.30 at Bristol. And a big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube and Tailored Computers. Dirk, we'll see you uh, Saturday morning as we head to Knoxville. All right. I'm sure we'll talk before then to get our actual time coordinated. So like Saturday early morning? <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, I figure I'll probably maybe give you a call as I'm riding back tomorrow. Okay. And, uh, we can decide what, what time we're going to go and whether or not we're day tripping or what we're going to do. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. For yep. uh, Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the French Church presented by Joe's Carding. Woohoo!